At the end of the day, I know who I am. Welcome. Welcome. You are listening to Rainbow. Mm, 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 mm. We live, baby. We live. We live. We bring live. It. Bring it in. Bring it in. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. What's up, Ain't nothing under the sun. Ain't nothing under the sun. Oh, wait, wait. Introductions. <clears throat> All right, y'all. I am. <laughs> right. I am. Hey, Duchess. Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? Um, everyone, my name is Kalila J, um, life coach, uh, help the queer community make peace with themselves and God. And this is mm-hmm. the Rainbow Table Talk. Hey, Rainbow Table Talk. Ooh, you you sipping already. What you got in that? What's in the cup today? Um, Riesling, because I don't Ooh. need a reason to get down in any season. That's all I'm saying. You know what? I think you should trademark that. Yeah, I'm gonna start wearing shirts with it on there. Reason, um, reason. All right, y'all. So we're live and we have an awesome show for y'all today. Uh, we have um, licensed mental health counselor Alexis Thomas from Innovation Counseling Center, and uh, she's gonna come and sit in with us and do a uh, mental health check in. So, uh this is the time. If you haven't already, uh, go ahead. Sorry, I'm bending down. That's unprofessional, but uh, it's gonna be more unprofessional if my laptop die and, and then and, and you, <laughs> you hold everything. Uh, yeah. So there we go. I got power in the name of Jesus. All right. So, <laughs> so this is the time, guys. Uh, like, share, subscribe if you haven't. Please. We are Rainbow Table Talk on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Um, we are going to be doing some exciting things. And so, um, KJ, you got anything to say before we bring our guest on? No, just always a quick reminder of why we do what we do, um, especially Rainbow Table Talk spurred off from just wanting to help the queer community, just empower our queer community. So this year for 2021, we're going to be bringing on guests and we're kicking it off with our first guest. Uh, but stay in tune. It's all about love. All right, we ready to bring our guest on? Yes. All right, let's do this. Alexa! Hello! Hey! Hello, hello, hello! Hello, I love hugs. Hugs are happy. Hugs make you feel good. Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. I'm glad to be here. It's late. It's past my bedtime almost. Not really. That has great coping skills. <laughs> All right, y'all. We're excited to have you today to help us with our happy, healthy, and whole mental health check-in. Right. Um, so earlier this month, we did a one. We started off the year with a vision board party. Um, yes. And basically, this month has been about planning your purpose and trying to step into 2021 in a different uh, space. And so um, personally for me, I feel like having your mental health together is one of the first things. Well, mm-hmm. second, because for me, spiritual, my spiritual uh, health and wellness is is first for me and right. then mental health. Yeah. And so um, I feel like it is important for us to start the year off really focusing on what we can do to help ourselves in the LGBT community with our mental health. Right. 
That's awesome. I, I strongly agree with that. Whatever your spiritual practices are, if you have them, whatever higher power you believe in, that's an important connection, but it, it definitely does tie in with mental health. It all aligns. So you got to be whole and healthy. We want to be whole and healthy. Um, and it's a journey. So it's not the, uh, a yeah, uh, one. It's a lifelong journey. So yeah, death starting the year off right. Better late than never. Try and get right, cause I'm tired of these girls calling me crazy in relationships, and then I just. Oh, oh. <laughs> interesting. I got my pen down. Interesting, girls. You got your notebook. You got your notebook. I'm ready. Like girls calling me crazy. Okay, hey, let's okay. talk about that. Okay, so, so okay, okay, so so here's the the question the question breaker for for the the evening. Okay. Um, when y'all start writing stuff down oh, on your pad, okay. <laughs> Is it like, do you just be like, eh, daddy issues or like, so <laughs> I'm going to be in here for 10 months. Right. Uh, this is going to be a good check. Oh, um, no. <laughs> like sometimes I'm sure um, a lot of people may write, bring this up, like note to self, bring up what they said about their dad or yeah. let's talk about a, uh, this sounds like codependency. Let's unpack that. Or this sounds that's a that's a traumatic event, but they didn't say they said with a straight face. Let's unpack that. So yeah. a lot of times we're talking with writing notes is to make sure we bring up topics that you share in your sessions. Um, I'm good for writing notes, but I have a really good memory too. So because I can remember like remember last time you came in here, you was wearing that black shirt, and you said the girls called you crazy. Remember that time? So like it's, it's good to have that reference. You go back to notes and bring up. The progress. I don't even remember what I wore yesterday, and I wear uniforms no. to work. I don't remember the underwear that I have on now. I, I don't know if that was TMI. <laughs> I mean, twenty twenty one. Who's still wearing underwear? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll play it. I'll play it. I'll play it. Um, what kind so, of show is this? I'm just joking. <laughs> Let me bring chat up so that when people talk, I know what they're saying. Um. So, yes. all right, cool. KJ, you got the uh. How you want to start this thing? Yeah. yeah. So like, like Alexis, you're talking about that you're writing notes, right? So writing notes and capturing what your clients are saying. So when you are specifically, let's talk about the LGBTQ plus clients, right. when they come in, what are some of the things that they're coming in with? What are the challenges, situations that they're asking for help for? Uh, I was like, everything, but no, really, <laughs> I, what I've seen is more so for like, I see a, a wide range. So I'm, I see people from youth to adulthood, right? And I've done the gauntlet of therapy from child care counselor at a group home setting to working in substance abuse, to private practice, to now back in the school system, still doing private. So what I'll see is that a lot of times it's not just, oh, because I'm, I'm LGBT or I'm going through this, these are my problems. It's, hey, I have relationship issues. I got to work on communication with my partner. Yeah. Um, me and my family are at odds. So for for majority of it, it's everyday mental health, anxiety, stress with work, um, relationships, and things of that nature. And then you add into it the LGBT aspect of, um, especially with our youth, um, being discriminated against, feeling unloved, not being accepted by family, learning that self-acceptance space. So a lot of times is that this a gauntlet of areas that are covered in therapy. I was looking up 
because I, I knew you were going to ask me this question. I was like, what's what's out there? So I, there's a lot of resources resources out there, and a lot of it, especially with the youth, is looking at suicide rates, looking mm-hmm. at um, that disconnect and not having the support from family members for their for their lifestyle choices. Whereas adults, I can I got a job, so I can pay my bills. Mm-hmm. I can do X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to, I don't need the support of my family. Yeah. Um, I'm in this space. So yeah. it's looking at relationships more in that space, or if you're discriminated, how to speak up for yourself in the workplace and things of that nature. So it's a gauntlet. I can't say it's just this old, you know, LGBT community, they're just struggling with this. Like, no, a lot of times it's not struggling with my identity or my acceptance, struggling with, hey, how do I navigate in my family where they're super religious and don't understand me? Or, hey, at work, someone's hitting on me and I don't know how to say no. So, or leave me alone without it being seen as, oh, I was doing something different. So a lot of it is just learning how to communicate, how to express yourself, how to set healthy boundaries and things like that. Um, and even in relationships, learning how to just communicate, how is it communicate, always communicate and how to just be a support for each other in these spaces. So I think one of my approaches is when I have someone who's in the LGBT community, I'll say, I'll rip paint. I don't know all the terms, I'm still learning. Um, but I'm here to care and I'm here to be a safe space for you to get things out and to feel hurt and feel validated. Um, Because a lot of times that's what anyone is looking for when they come to therapy. It's not someone to judge you, but to be heard and to understand like, hey, it's it's a process. We're all going through a journey. Uh, So it's just figuring out the tools to help you move along the direction you need to go in. That's interesting. You're talking about like how how people uh, navigate in the workplace. I know that for me, um, working in the environment that I work in, um, being the in my position at work, out of like twenty something of us, I'm the only black person in our uh, department. In there, <laughs> and so it it may it may not be a real pressure. It may be a self imposed pressure um, that I put on myself to carry myself at a, stand, at a different standard because if somebody comes complaining, it's not like it's the girl with the blonde hair, blue eyes who took care of me. It's it's going to be, it's the black girl. And immediately it's, you know, it's me who, who, so I get asked questions often. And the questions I get asked are if I'm married, if I have children, uh, you know, and, and, it, and this first question that I'm asked is, do you have a husband? Mm-hmm. And so, um, even when I was married, it was a situation where, you know, I just kind of don't bring up my personal life in that aspect because, in a sense, who I am can be offensive to, to others. Right. And so that's a shame in and of itself. But it's more of that fear of, well, I have a situation where I, I do ultrasound. So my patient may be half naked. And now if I tell this, um, 63 year old Caucasian woman that I have a life partner and she's super Christian, super conservative. Is she going to find a reason to complain on me? Well, she did this, she did that. She did these certain things. And, uh, and so I'm extra, I I find myself extra cognizant of making sure I keep people covered up, making sure that I have them in a certain position. So you don't, you don't always realize how your sexuality plays into, or, you know, being a member of this community plays into how we do things at work. And I mean, I have to cover myself more than some of my other counterparts at work. 
Right. So it's just trying to find that balance, right? Of to be myself, but to know that, hey, already I'm walking in as a black woman, one, I'll, I'll rip. I'm walking in black. I can't hide that. And now I, I, I identify as something other. What you trying to say, girl? Oh, this is a pan. <laughs> Wait a minute. I put a little, I put a little extra light it's around it. <laughs> in, no, like for real. Uh, <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of like that extra weight and people don't realize the pressure that is in that space. Um, and I see my cousin said, hey, so hey, cuz, I love you. I see you, boo. Um, but part of it really is just understanding or realizing that there is extra. It's always extra when you add in, in this, not a, so when I was younger, when I first started therapy, I did a group, I was I took over a Christian track um, group and the therapists before me would not allow anyone in the LGBT to join her group. It was a treatment center. She was very conservative. Um, you can't come in here because blase, blase. When I took over the group, I was like, um, negative. That's not going to work. Um, we In this group, we love Jesus. Jesus loves everyone. So if you want to be in this group, be in this group. And then we had an LGBT track group as well. So me and that therapist would combine our groups often so that the people who were more conservative in our groups can see that, hey, these people in the LGBT group are going through the same issues that I'm going through. It's just your partner is a woman or your partner is a man and my partner is opposite gender than what I am. So a lot of times it's the communication has to be there so people can realize that it's not as different as we expect it to be, but there is added pressure on someone in the LGBT community to, to be or to present in a certain way. Uh, and that's that adds stress and anxiety and that adds depression. And that's why for children, um, like the suicide rate in LGBT kids are like the second highest suicide rate in, in those youth ages. I think, what was it? 14 to, uh, I looked it up. It was 14 to 18. Second highest rate is because they don't have people to understand. And kids are rough. Like I work in, I work with kids kids can be ruthless, right? And then add on the stress of family and we don't realize, or people don't realize how much pressure it is just to try to be yourself and try to grow into your own person. Mm. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that came to mind, like bridging kind of like Duchess's point and Alexis, I'm hearing like Duchess talk about this whole thing of covering up at work, right? Covering up at work and trying to bring these worlds together. Alyssa, can you talk a little bit about we in the community, we face a lot of covering up for our covering up is coming out, like, right, you, know, right. you know, hiding in the closet. Can you talk to us a little bit about what when you have a client that's looking to coming like coming out? What is that process? How do you engage with them in that process? Um, I think everyone's process is different um, for some people because I, I remember I, I listened, I watched one of you guys' shows. And I watched the movie that um, Duchess recommended, The Happiest Season, right? I, I saw that movie and um, everyone's coming out is different, right? So someone can come out and their family is like, oh, I love you. I support you. I care. It's all good. And someone else coming out is don't talk to me, get out your garbage, um, right? So I think a lot of times, a lot of people, a lot of, 
a lot of people come out when they're younger, right? Or they are staying in the closet until they're adults and then it's like, I do whatever I want to do. Um, but it's the fear of what are my parents going to say? Or what am, how am I, how's my grandparents going to accept me? So when I have someone who's younger and they come to me, um, a majority of the times the, the family already knows. Like parents pick up on differences way before the children do a majority of the time because I've had parents be like, "You need to talk to my son because he's doing that. He's gay and I, and he needs to change. He needs to change that." And I try to educate parents on it's not. I mean, they're not. I'm not coming to me. It's not conversion therapy. Put it that way. Yeah. Like this isn't conversion therapy. This isn't shock therapy, and all that has been proven not to work and be harmful. Um, but for me, I like to encourage my clients to say, "Hey, live your truth." But understand that not everyone's going to accept your truth. But if you continue to stuff and stack and hide who you are, you're causing harm to yourself. Because at the end of the day, you take you with you. So regardless of, yes, respect your parents, right? <laughs> yes, respect. Like res That's how I like to take me with me. Yeah, you, you just kind of just, just ground it up. Myself, right? Every now and then I got to jack myself up. Just you got to bring yourself Bring come, on, you go, come on now, come, come on. on, let's go. But, but honestly, it really is just the space of saying, hey, I'm, I'm learning who I am. At 15, 16, mm. I might see someone and I might find them attractive and they're the same sex partner as me. I encourage them to say, hey, you know what? Honor your parents by be loving and respecting them. So if they say don't do it in my home, don't do it in their home. I get that. But don't hide who you are um, in this space. The hardest, the the most detrimental thing you can do to yourself is hide who you are. And I try to educate parents on saying, hey, you don't have to agree with what they're doing, but it truly is your love and support will help them more than you trying to shame them or guilt them, guilt them into doing something they're not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how a lot of parents lose that connection that they have with their children by sometimes parents try to live vicariously through their children. Right. So I'm trying to live through you because I didn't have this. So I want you to have all these different things. Like I want you to be a doctor. I want you to do X, Y, and Z and all your, your, your gay. And now how are you going to have kids and all this other different foolishness? So a lot of times it's just, we're learning to be a support mm -hmm. um, and love. So my, my goal is if I have a client that's wanting to come out the closet, it's to make it a more of a family dynamic and a family education space so that it's, not that sh looking at how shame and um, that point, point you need to do with X, Y, and Z can, is more harmful than saying, hey, you know what? I don't agree with it, but I love you. Yeah. That's, that's the, the big thing. You may not agree with it. That's okay. But I love you. And my love for you, I'm not going to shame you in this space. I think that's, that's, the, that's the goal. But in real life and reality, th that sometimes that's so hard um, for children to accept. And that's why there's so many different programs out there for LGBT youth like Jasmine. Um, that's a program here in Jacksonville that's for youth who whose parents aren't supportive, for transgender youth, like for all that who's not supportive to have a safe space to go. That's why safe spaces are needed because some parents, some family members aren't accepting, um, unfortunately. But the end goal, the, the, the good space would be a family saying, hey, I don't accept you, but I love you. I want you to figure out what direction you're gonna go in from here. I'm going Not all sure. the way. That's I'm going. Is, is Gay Street a thing? 
Gay, gay Street and Lesbian Broadway. I, I think that's <laughs> that's uh, how we identify, but yeah, you know. Where's, okay, Gay Street, is that to the left or the right mm -hmm. of heterosexual, transgender, bi, bisexual lane? Like gay what, street what street and lesbian, lesbian, what was it, Lesbian Parkway? Lesbian Parkway, the intersectionality. It's the intersectionality. What about bisexual lane, right? And, and okay, heterosexual so, avenue, maybe, I, you know? I feel like these are a roundabout. <laughs> and there's yeah. little there's little just less, yeah just queer queer county queer county i, agree. Okay. So, I like that mm -hmm. i think that we end up like trying to water down our gay mm -hmm. yeah. please other people like i think i shared on the last episode like even though my parents knew i was gay knew all these things i would still like if i was going to their house be like well let me just wear a t-shirt or let me yeah. wear something extra feminine. Like, let me, or like, I'm gonna wear these tight jeans with rips in it just so I don't offend yeah. them. And it's, it's like, I'm offending myself. Yeah. in here. Cause at this point, like I'm not being true to who I am. Cause, cause I'm in this, this outfit and I'm like, God, I can't wait to take this off. And it wasn't until I started just going there and, and being like, I can leave. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like growing up and paying your own bills uh, does a lot for coming out. <laughs> yeah, you get that new attitude, like, look, I, I pay these bills. If you I, I think you can take it a leave. I think this is easier for adults in that yeah. space because you're not, uh, because it's not just, you know, so I was reading the message that Aaron wrote. That's a very good um, point. Um, but it's not just, it's learning for yourself. It's identifying for yourself what works. When you're older, it's easier to actually make those choices because if you're financially stable, because you um, can go get the help that you desire. When you um, are younger, it's harder to really walk in that space. Mm -hmm. um, it's really, it's hard to get those resources, to get that support, to get that help. And that's why there's so many different programs now coming up to say, hey, we really have to focus on the mental health of our youth because they need it. They need it's it. needed. Um, and Aaron wrote a, wrote a good appointment. The gender identity and sexual orientation are two different things. Definitely. That is that is definitely true um, in that space. And we do speak of them alike. It, it's easier to speak of them alike. Yeah. A lot of times people don't understand that it's two separate situations, but that is very true. So thank you for that. That That's, why, that's why I like the rainbow table talk, because I feel like um, in in my walk as as a lesbian or as a queer person that I'm still learning. Um, yeah. there, listen. This is the most in-depth alphabet alphabet that you can ever see in life, yeah, and yeah. there's so many different things and different meanings, and um, trying to figure out like you know how not to offend people. I'm yeah. I'm I'm big on political correctness, um, and so trying to figure out how not to offend people and how not to bring the things that I have learned in my childhood into this space mm -hmm. of being of being gay um, yeah. because there's a lot of stuff that you learned as a kid. And even though you knew you were everything opposite of what they, they brought up, there's still that, there's still that mentality of, Oh, well the, you know, what's going on with this or what's going on with that. Like, I didn't know about things about um, like, like I was reading something about uh, DNA that can be a leader into the discussion of being 
binary, female or masculine. And so just learning these different things, um, I'm enlightening myself because I don't want to offend my brothers and sisters and non-binaries in the community um, because of my lack of education on the topic. And, and that's interesting you bring that up because I'm, I'm seeing more now and for mental health professionals to get more training in these areas. Because a lot of times um, some therapists, especially like for me, I had to educate myself. Um, for some therapists is, hey, we're used to the heterosexual, um, straight couple, this is what you're going through and don't understand the importance of, hey, I really need to understand what you casually call the alphabet, right? I need to understand what's going on. I need to understand who am I, who am I dealing with so I can better connect. So I've seen more and more um, that a lot of mental health professionals, there's a lot of different trainings coming out for us to take um, to educate ourselves because it is important to not just be one side or one faceted because mm -hmm. everyone deserves help and support. Um, and unfortunately, and um, a lot of mental health providers, not a lot, but some don't understand and aren't willing to learn. But when you learn and you're able to be kind of what you just said, um, Duchess, was if you're able to say, hey, you know, I don't know, but I want to respect. Like for yeah. me, I tell anyone that I get is that I call a new client because I do virtual counseling as well. Um, wow. Someone tells me there, transgender male or they're transitioning or they're non-binary or different different um different orientations different identities um, i let them know like hey i'm learning so if i say or do anything that is offensive or wrong because or, uh, i'm i'm asked a question because i'm nosy because i do i ask questions um i just want to make sure that you know that this that i want to be a space where you can be yourself and if i say something that's wrong let me know so um, definitely let me know because at the end of it, this is, especially you go see therapy. So anyone that's like thinking about going to see a therapist, your therapist is learning and working with you. Um, so if you feel like I can't correct my therapist or I can't talk to my therapist, I don't feel hurt about my therapist, it's, it's time to find either bring up, hey, this is how I'm feeling, this is what's going on to see if you can change it or to find someone new. Because at the end of it, your mental health is important. You're the important person in the room. You know me. You know, I'll switch therapists at the drop of a dime. Listen, I break up with therapists like a relationship. I'll be like, I don't like the way she said hello to me today. Yeah. So I don't. She had the right color shirt. She wasn't matching with you, right? She wasn't matching. And don't, do, don't be that extra. <laughs> right. I, listen, I was born extra. A mess. Is that Sag? Is that Sag? Is that Sag? Alice, <laughs> I do want to um, touch on a topic that you just mentioned a little bit earlier around trans. Um, the trans lives, right? So we definitely right at this current moment, or it has been going on for um in within history, we see like an uprising of the impact, the deaths, um, the considerations around you know trans lives, especially black trans lives. Is there any way that you could kind of speak to that? Like, what are the the deepest concerns of uh, a transgender person when they come to you? Ooh. Well, all right. Just hit me with the. I'm sorry, I was loaded. It was. I, mean, I was like, that's a whole loaded question. Uh, come on now. No, but honestly, um, everyone's different. So, I, I look for statistics, right? Because I kind of figured you're going to ask this question, right? So, um, if anyone is interested, um, the Trevor Project did a national survey on LGBT youth mental health in 2020. Um, and it's, it's kind of what I've been saying. Experts are just beginning to understand the mental health 
impact that 2020 has had on people. Um, what's, what's the name of it again? Um, the Trevor Project. All right. I can, I can send it to you. You know that, right? Like you don't I have to write this I'm a therapist tonight. I wanted to take notes too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but just some of the, the quick um, findings were 68% of youth reported symptoms of general generalized um, anxiety over the past two weeks, um, including more than three and four transgender and non-binary groups, right? So um, transgender, 61% of transgender and non-binary youth reported being prevented or discouraged from using a bathroom that corresponded with their gender. Transgender and non-binary youth who reported having pronouns respected by all or most in the people in their lives um, attempted suicide at half the rate of those who did not have their pronouns respected. So I think when I, I read these, it's just, just three of a whole list of sheet that just popped up from this report. I haven't read it fully yet, but I plan to. Um, I think for a lot of youth who are, so for me, I have not counseled, I've only had one youth that I've counseled that's been transgender. My majority of my transgender are in the 20s and up. Um, and theirs is more of just, you know, acceptance with family, um, learning to embrace themselves, uh, navigating through like the different hormones, um, and how to impact your mood and things of that nature. So that's what they're processing through it. With the youth that I did, that I am working with, I am working with, um, it's more so with family and that the pronouns, like accepting me or respecting what I tell you. Like, even though for sometimes like I still may present as masculine, but I identify as she or they, was it they, they there, them there, they, What's the pronouns? They, I always mess it up. She, her, her, him. they, them pronouns. Sorry, I, I mess that up all the time. And she gets on me. She she laughs at me. So I was like, she, she, her, right? So those pronouns, but but respecting pronouns is so important because, hey, I'm telling you, this is how I identify. And if you're choosing not to respect that, that's a, that's you're not respecting me as a person. Um, and that picks at pride, that picks at the person, that picks at ego, that picks at your identity. Um, so I think a lot of youth struggle with that acceptance. I just want to be accepted. Think about it. When you were in high school and you're in middle school, the biggest thing that we desired, that I desired was acceptance. Like I want my peers to like me. I want to have friends. I want to have those connections. So when I struggle or when I can't, so I can't have those connections. I don't have that support. I don't have that that community aspect of it. It's isolating and you feel alone and like no one understands and knows what you're going through. And I think that's one of the hardest things for our youth um, experience. So I think that's one of the reasons why the suicide rates are so high. Um, I'm sure there's some clinical terms somewhere, but it's that connection space. I always feel like that when we don't have that connection, that's one of the most deadliest times for anyone. Um, that isolation, that not feeling connected, that not feeling, um, having that in interactions with people. And for me, 2020 was a enlightening year because I was getting clients left and right, left and right. And I had to take time to stop and unplug. Like, oh, okay, time out, Alexis, you have 90 clients on your caseload right now. You're only one person, slow down. So, but, but we desire connection 
as human beings. So when we have the disconnect from our family, from our friends, from our social group, um, from our community because of our identity, and it's something that we can't change, it's something that we were born with, it's hurtful and it's harmful. So I feel like one of the biggest things is just learning how to support and stay connected in that space. So I don't know if that answers your question all the way, but that's just the space that I go to when it comes to that. You know, thank you for that. I think you gave us like the mind and what's going on and, you know, definitely thank you for that. I think it's just crazy, like the level of courage that it would take to be, it, it's one thing to be like, I'm coming out as gay. Yeah. As, as a teenager. Mm. But it's another thing to think I'm not, I'm not in the right body. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, this is not who I am. And so like, I, and I think that because kids don't, I don't think kids have access to mental health care like adults do. I'm an adult. If I need to talk to somebody, I can either one, use my job insurance if you have it, or if you have a, a job, like I can go through my um, uh, employee assistance program and they'll pay for me to have at least six, uh, six a year. But imagine a youth trying to figure out and, and, fig and come through who they are. You can't talk to your parents. You don't know if you can talk to your friends. Like coming out to my friends was was a step down from coming out to my parents because I didn't know if they would still talk to me. I didn't know if they would still be friends. So I couldn't imagine being a trans being and trying to figure out this this thing. Um, uh, Aaron said coming out as trans is hard no matter how old you are. However, adults have more control over their transition. Right. Nice. I think because it's more of a reflection when, you know, as an adult, even though you hear about the challenges um, with the trans community, you at least have a visual representation or a possibility. Like I think that becomes a little bit far, a little bit of a gap for a child to say, can this be possible? And just the pressure, societal pressure, home pressure, and then school pressure um, is, 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 is very challenging. So uh, who do you... Um for those who don't have uh, readily available access to mental health care, like an EAP or like job, like insurance, um, or even in school, like who would you suggest? Guidance counselors? Like what What are the resources or um, in, in, in within our cities that we can go to to get so mental So I, huh, see, ah, got me knowing. So there's actually a page that I'm gonna, share with you guys awesome. that has like the national crisis resources. So there's a crisis text line. The Trevor Project also has um, support for um, youth under age 25. There's the Trans Lifeline um, that uh, is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the well-being of trans people. So there's different crises hotlines available out there. And then locally, like I know here we have Jasmine, but then um, there's another um, human rights campaign, healthcare equality index. So what I'll do is I'll send you guys this link and you guys can post it on your page because it is important to have these resources. So a lot of times I know for me, for youth, 
if they don't have like a guidance counselor is probably the main go-to. Some schools have mental health counselors in their school, because I used to be one. So it's finding your guidance counselor or your mental health counselor in the school, and they can give you resources of what's available for you in the area. Um, even as adults, we're adults looking for mental health. Um, your EAP for work, there's virtual platforms now, BetterHelp, Talkspace, um, that you can do online virtual counseling. So there's options out there. So someone's, I can't go anywhere. Don't worry, we come to you. Like I have clients I text and I send audio messages and video messages to. So there's a lot of flexibility out there for mental mm -hmm. health. Um, it's just being willing to do some research to figure out what's covered or what's best for you. A lot of insurances now cover mental health. Um, your EAP covers it. And if even with like online platforms, they make it affordable. So it's just finding what works best. So Aaron uh, was saying that the only issue is most of them are unqualified and can cause so much drama right. or damage to yeah. trans kids. So I think in that space, it would be reaching out to those groups that are that have experience yes. and, and, um, and have dealt with these different emotions, different feelings, different situations. Yeah, it's, it's interesting um, that he, he brought that up because I know from experience, one of my friends growing up, <laughs> we lived in Georgia and his parents did not, uh, were very conservative um, Christian, and they sent him to a, a camp. And we were, I was wondering why he was always gone. They sent him to like a camp to get straight and they did shock therapy on him. And he came back and he was like, girl, it didn't work. And I was like, but I'm just going to act like it works so my parents will leave me alone. And that's just so sad to me. But it's so true that sometimes people are underqualified and they don't understand and they're not willing to educate themselves. So that's why it's important to have those different resources. Um, that's why, like I said, I've seen the, the, the links for the resources that do have people that are qualified in that space. Um, and that's why for me, I, I say often like, hey, I don't know everything, but I am willing to learn and I'm willing to respect your journey because I want to be a help. And if I don't know, I refer out or I seek the resources needed. So in that space of you, you brought up your friend, um, do you find that you deal in your clients who are in the LGBT plus community, do you find that... Um, they experience a lot more religious trauma than some of your other clients. Oh, that church hurt. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's the church hurt. <laughs> I, I truly, I truly feel like sometimes, because I'm a Christian, right? And I feel like we focus so much on the wrong things. Right. It's like I don't I, sh I really shouldn't care about the fact of who you're having sex with. I should care about um, how, are you being decent to your neighbor? Right. Mm -hmm. Are you being a, a source to help those in need? Not are you worried about what Susan's doing behind closed doors? It had mm -hmm. nothing to do with me. As long as you're not harming children, um, elderly, you know, like yourself in this space, um, do what you do. I think a lot of times it is a lot of church hurt. It is some church hurt that I've, I've seen in looking at bringing them back in that connection with God. So sometimes it means, hey, maybe you don't, you don't go to church right now, but are you connecting with or God or a higher power in a spiritual space? Do you have that connection? Is it there? Like, 
that alignment because you have that alignment kind of talked about earlier that spiritual connection whatever you adhere to that's gonna that can be important for your for your growth and some people don't believe and that's that's on them but for me in the space that i'm in i am a strong believer in whatever your higher space or whatever your higher belief is having that connection knowing that you are loved you are valued i think at the end of it that's what we all majority of us desire i can't say all but majority does desire to have that connection, that space of feeling heard and valued. Mm. Preacher Alexa, let's throw the napkin. Preacher let's throw Alexa. the offering plate around my cash app is. Girl, you better share that. Share that. Let's mighty it. No, and I love how you mentioned that because that that's one of the, that's the key reason that Duchess and I started this space because we shared that religious trauma around that teenage years that carried us, you know, all the way through our adult years that made us say, hey, we have to have a new narrative. So um, it's good that you mentioned like, who did I say? Aaron, look at Pastor Aaron Williams said, you can send all trans folks to my church, Living Witness Family Worship Center. And that's, all, that's his own plug for the night. Listen here. Drop it, drop it, drop it. I love it. <laughs> Go on for it. I love it. I've actually been doing the visit, but my um, children are bad. No, they not bad. Stop they just active. Huh? They active. They not bad. They bad. active. No, they active. Okay, I'm, how about I know her kids. I know her like, kids. They, they like the word bad. So let's say actively <laughs> problematic. Why we get? What we just leave it as active. Yeah. I need a whole. I need a whole nursery. <laughs> whole one. I need a whole. Just, just I need anointing, anointing oil for that for for that room. Somebody need to bless these kids, right? Oh <laughs> I'm serious. Y'all think I'm playing? Pray for me on a daily basis, on the regular. Listen, uh, uh, Alexis. Um, like I've known you for some years. Uh, Alexis is, I like to call her my my friendipist. I get called that quite often from my friends. I've dubbed the name. I don't even think it's 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 not supposed to be free therapy. It just ends up being free therapy because because like she said, she's nosy. I think she's oh. in the perfect profession. She's nosy and she and she loves to give advice. So it'd be like, it, oh, wait I said a minute, time out. I only give advice if I'm asked for advice. Thank you very much. Do you want me to give you advice or you want me to listen? Mm. Just go oh, ahead and give me advice. Are we riding somewhere? Where are we going? Uh, we <laughs> but I, I bring that up to say I know that during, listen, yeah, if you've listened to any of the Rainbow Table Talks, you know that I have uh, come out the closet, gone back in the closet, came out the closet, gone back in the closet, went back in the closet opened the little blind slats and was peeking through the closet. So, um, and I know that at a point in my life when I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm gay. Um, but, I, but I love God. And, and I remember sitting out, uh, we were at our friend aunt's house and I remember I sitting this. out in the gazebo with you and you were basically like, and he loves you too. And I was <laughs> like, what? And you were like, and for anybody who don't believe that, forget them. And I was like, oh. I probably said know? the F word, knowing me. You did, but hey, I was not yeah. professional. You did. Jesus know my heart. <laughs> hey, look, a real therapist cuss. <laughs> Every now and then, sometimes you got to use these words to get right. your point across. You got to do what you got to do. 
but that was impactful for me because um, you don't often get to hear unless you are in the right sources or you are amongst family that um, God loves you for who you are. And I think you say that to me uh, on, a, on a regular basis that I'm his, I'm his child and, uh, you know, he loves you. And so right. I, I often appreciate that. So I always know that in the space of counseling um, that you're probably awesome. Thank you. I have my moments. Free therapy, free therapy. <laughs> but you know, it's it's funny uh, because I was thinking like, because I was like, look at the the questions you guys like sent over. Right, they sent over questions because they're really professional here, guys. They are very professional, right? Well, um, I have one question off that list. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I was thinking, I used to be because Aaron brought up. That are harmful. Some people are harmful and don't understand um, what they're doing. And I remember sitting in a counseling session. I had a client huh, come up to me. He's actually my friend on on LinkedIn right now because he's he's doing great. Anyways, um, he came up to me and he was like, "I want to come in your group, but I don't know how you're going to act because I'm gay and I'm married and." Um, I, I had people from, I've had Christian therapists tell me that I was going to like burn in hell pretty much. And they didn't want me or they couldn't talk to me. And I was hurt by people who went to a certain university and things. And I was like, well, cause so him and his husband actually came and talked to me before he joined my group. And I remember sitting there and that was like, I was, whew, I was young. <laughs> Um, and I was young and I had all these ideas of what love relationships could be. And I just remember sitting there and watching this man, these men hold each other's hand and the love they have for each other was tangible to feel. I think for me, that was that aha moment of love is love, Alexis. Mm -hmm. Like you, this is what you're seeing right here in front of you is love. So don't judge because I've been one. I'm, I can say I've been one of the people's like, I don't understand that. Or they should just, that's a choice. And they're doing X, Y, and Z. And how do you going to do this and, and all these different things? Like I've been that person. Um, and for me, it was kind of like that fear of, that fear, the fear of the unknown. Um, but as soon as I educated myself, right? As soon as I went to these, as soon as I had authentic conversations with people and not just the uh, assuming uh, and, and as soon as I did that space, as soon as I had these conversations, as soon as I started learning and realizing that, hey, we are all the same. We're all human. We all desire some of the same things. Some of us just go about it in different ways. That doesn't make us less than the other. Um, once I had that realization, once I saw love in this purest form in front of me between two men, I was just like, love is love. So I'm just going to be the, I'm going to try to be the best therapist I can be. I'm going to be an advocate and advocate in the way that I can um, and know that we all have, we all need a voice um, and our voices are important. And uh, yeah, so that's like one of my aha moments was, hey, Alexis, check your, check yourself so that you can like, help others. I feel like it's that point of um, normalizing, just, mm -hmm. just uh, us first and foremost coming and just saying, we're, we may be different in who we love, but we are not different in who we are. Like we right. are 
regular people who do regular things. Like I often find myself telling people like, what's the difference between heterosexual sex after marriage and, and gay sex after marriage? There is none. You get tired, you go to sleep and you be like, baby, I'm gonna hit you up next week. Maybe we'll set an appointment, schedule it. Maybe we'll do something like that. Like it's yeah. like, I, I think people just, people, um, you gonna turn the light? You gonna turn the light off, or am I gonna turn the light off? Yeah, you gonna turn the light off. you talk about. Could you please get a pedicure? Cause your feet are hurting me. Like there's no, <laughs> like there's. So I, I remember, like even my my younger cousins. One day I went to go hang out with them, and um, uh, there was for for me at that time, um gender-wise at that time, a girl who identified as um, he, him terms. And they, my this is how my cousin told me. My cousin was like, she likes to go by he. And I was like, what up, bro? Like that, it was just like, it was just the norm amongst their friendship mm-hmm. and just the normalization of it. And, and I was like, listen, I might slip up. My bad. Correct me. I'm not right. offended. I'm not trying to be offensive. This, these are things that I am used to, but I'm definitely trying to. I'm. I don't want to offend you, and because I love you, I ain't never met you, but I love yeah. you. So I think the the whole point of normalizing things, like you said, having a discussion about things, being able to openly talk to people and be open-minded. You don't necessarily have to be accepting. You don't have to be, um, I, I don't care if you are or not, but you're going to respect what oh, I yeah. got going on. So um, I think it's important for us to have open dialogue amongst each other. Right. I'm gonna Elizabeth, you, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Alexis, comment on that. No, right I'm just now. saying I, I agree. That's definitely important. It's kind of like the whole, the, like the title was healthy you know, finding, having healthy communication. Yeah. Like you want to be able to have the communication or maybe the, to, to speak your mind, to feel heard and to have that connection in that space. So that's important. So definitely I agree with that. Okay. Then what you got girl? What I got. So we've talked about therapy as one, you know, piece of the puzzle, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Of having a healthy and hopeful future. What about like what are some daily practical self care things that you you kind of encourage people to do? Talk to us. So about. my, I was like, oh, we gotta make sure we touch self care. My 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 go to self care is um exercise. I go to hand like hands down like exercise. What are you doing? Because a lot of times you don't even realize the importance of exercising. Exercising builds endorphins. Endorphins last and stay within the body. It helps us with stress and anxiety. Um, yoga, um, walking, Pilates, Zumba, kickboxing, those are stress relievers and that helps. Um, so my first go-to is yoga. Well, not yoga, but exercise. Y'all, y'all writing this down? Y'all writing my this my down. first go-to is yoga. Like I, I try to do some namaste, you know, exercises. But um, <laughs> but really, exercise is my first go-to um, for my clients. And I also say, hey, when was the last time you had a physical? Like, real talk, when was the last time you went to a doctor and had some blood work done, had a physical? Because sometimes we don't even realize it just could be our bodies. Like, we're not getting enough vitamins. 
my iron is low. I need to check this out. Or yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all tired. I need yeah, iron. A, yeah, so it's kind of like get a physical. My first thing really is get a physical. Let's work out. But then also find something that brings you peace, be it going for a walk, be it painting, be it um, mindfulness or meditations, deep breathing. Um, we don't even, a lot of people don't understand the importance of breath, of breathing, because um, when we're frustrated, when we're anxious, a lot of times our muscles become tight, like we're all tense, our jaw is clenched and we're not breathing. When we don't breathe, our brain is not getting enough oxygen. So therefore we're not thinking clearly. So when we count, calm ourselves down, when we breathe, uh, we're actually allowing the oxygen to flow to our brains. We loosen our jaw up, our shoulders get a little loose, our body gets looser, and we're able to think clearly. That's why it's like, hey, pause, breathe. We tell this to kids all the time. You tell you see kids have a temperature, just breathe. What happens? They turn red, they get frustrated. Same thing with adults, we just might do it a little bit quieter. But our bodies, we carry that with us. So when we learn how to breathe, I call it grounding. Um, you can Google grounding techniques or Google grounding breathing practices on YouTube. They're free. Um, yeah. and, uh, which is, what are you laughing at? This is totally offline. But make sure, because I had an embarrassing moment this week. Uh -oh. If you do a grounding technique, make sure your camera's off. I did a grounding technique in front of 30 people while I was teaching the class and they didn't, I didn't know that the camera was on. So just make sure I just, just throwing that out yeah. there and make sure your camera's yeah. off. Yeah. So, resume, resume, resume. <laughs> I love it. Like you're like, I see five things in the room. And they're like, what is she doing? Is she dancing? Yeah, I told them I said, ain't nothing wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with me, you're just breathing. But no, like grounding is, a lot of times we have anxiety or future tripping. I call it future tripping. So we're worried about everything in front of us. So when we grant, or even the sadness, everything behind us, when you ground yourself in the moment, you're bringing yourself back to where you are in this space. So mm -hmm. grounding could be as easy as looking around the room and identifying five things you see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can taste, one thing you can smell. When you do that, you're bringing yourself back into where you are um, because a lot of times we just have to take that moment. It's in those moments of anxiety, it's how we make rash decisions. Like we send that text message we shouldn't send to that person, right? Um, we, we, we hit send in the shopping cart full of things on Amazon so we don't really need, but we're stress shopping. So sometimes we have I to grab... <laughs> Oh, so once I do grounding before I board a plane every single time, I get it because grounding helps. It really does bring you back into the space that you're in. So um, deep breathing, um, you can go I on. Can't I can't ground. I can't ground. Don't look at the face. You see the face you gave me? I can't ground, okay? Listen, because uh, I future trip in the present tense, okay? So um, for me, I need for me. I need. I need one of two things. I need the breathing. The breathing helps. The breathing helps. Mm -hmm. Like what y'all did that thing with me that time. Uh -huh. I was, listen, I was smoking black and miles. I was trying to stop smoking black and miles. Okay. So uh, Kalila and Alexis. Oh yes, yes, yes. With me, where we what was like eucalyptus. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Uh, and I was and trying to clear all this like, out. Breathing in this eucalyptus and tears are running out, and I felt so. Like after that, because 
so grounding doesn't work. So it's either the breathing or I need a physical hug. I need like there's sometimes when I'm at work and especially with COVID, I feel so disconnected from people that I have certain people at my job who I, who are like, if you need a hug, come hug me. Yeah. Or if I'm at home, I have my kids. So, I, so it can randomly be like, I need you to come hug me. Even if they're the cause of my anxiety, they're the cause of my stress, I can yeah. say, come hug me. And they'll be like, what's wrong, mommy? I could be in tears crying. And I'd be like, it's you, baby. <laughs> it's the you for me. God, love Jesus, I don't know what to do. But I find that when I do the five things you can touch, I'm, I'm so, I'll be like, uh, that's five things you need to clean. That's 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 three times you need to get yeah, out. Okay, don't do that. No, no, don't do that. No, ma'am. I, I really want to highlight on the hugging piece. There's some science, mm -hmm. and I know Alexis can talk about that, the oxytocin, right? Mm -hmm. so there's little neurons around your heart. Mm -hmm. I think it's a joke, but hugging, especially it. during this pandemic, we need it because it kind of resets our stress level. So, you yeah. know, Alexis, if you want to add anything to that, but no, I, get, I, a hug, I was, get a hug, girl. Hugs are important. That's why um you'll see the, the people say free hugs. Free hugs here, mm -hmm. right? I saw that that those those shirts. Like it's so true because we connect physical. We we need that physical connection. That's why when you hug a baby or you see a baby, you're like, oh baby, oh you want to hug it. Like we desire these connections. You see someone you love, family. You want to hug. You want to hug. Like, you want to kiss. You want these different things. Say again. No, the baby. Don't just be running. Hey, up. don't be, don't don't pick up. Random babies and be like Alexis, the licensed mental health counselor. Alexis <laughs> told me to grab people's it's children. I was so and I said, "Ma'am, can I hug your baby?" And I got in trouble. We're not suggesting that. Hug no, baby. That you know. No, that you know, right? But just having that that connection, touch is important. Mm -hmm. um, touch soothes us. That's why babies they cry, cry, cry. They need a hug. Right, they get a hug, they calm down because it's that touch, it's that connection. Um, so that's post, important. Um, I shared a post earlier this week about it was talking about parenting and me having to unlearn that step in parenting where you're like, sit down because I said sit down. What you crying for? Get out my face, go to your because I'm my mama would literally like pop me and then would take me in the grocery store. And as I'm crying in the grocery store, be like, get out my face. So now I'm just walking around the grocery store crying. And so I had to learn and I'm and I'm recently learning these things that a lot of times what's wrong with my with my children is that they need a hug mm -hmm. okay. or they feel disconnected from me, especially my daughter. My daughter is huge on connection. Um, she'll hold a grudge, but she's still like she needs we'll she, see. she needs to bridge the gap. And so with her. It's it's a big piece of our relationship to where if I don't understand why you're crying, if I don't understand what's going on, a lot of times I will just ask, "Do you need a hug?" And then yeah. and then I hug them, and then I and then after that I can be like, "What's wrong with you?" Because we've because no matter what they're going through, we've bridged that I love you. And and going back to where we talked about earlier, dealing with youth in the LGBT community who are going through things and all they really want from their family is a hug saying, I love you. And yeah. I don't understand what this is. I don't understand your thought process. I don't 
agree with it personally, but that doesn't change that I love you. And I feel like that would make all the difference in these high suicide rates. It would make all the difference in people living their truth and being who they are, or, or even on the opposite spectrum of that, the people who commit these hate crimes. If they came from an environment where somebody would say, I love you for who you are, let me hug you, as opposed to you don't do this right. You don't do this correct. You're not this type of person. So now when they lash out, they lash out on everything that is different or that they are fearful of or things that they fear inside themselves. And so I think we as a society could do better if we would just say, hey, God dang, I need a hug. Yeah, we all want to feel accepted in love. We all yeah. want to feel accepted in love. So let's do this real quick before I know we're coming up close on to time here. But for those of us that joined us, if you have a question, we'll love um, to, you know, I want to say Dr. Alexis. Are you going for your doctor? Oh, or no, ma'am. Don't, don't put that on me. I might need to put that seat in. OK, well, OK. But don't please, the question. KJ, KJ, KJ. OK, OK. Throw the seat. I don't All right. For those of us that's joining us, drop a question in the chat. So Alexis can't um, thoughts on it. Wait, oh. No. I don't want that one. You can keep that one. You don't, you don't I'm okay. I don't need a doctorate. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, Y'all okay. got any questions, friends, family, before we log off for the evening? Yes. Leave it in the chat, wherever you are. Share where you're watching. Share this. I'm watching it in the living room. No, that's not where. <laughs> Oh. On Facebook Watch or something. Facebook Watch. <laughs> All right. No question. I'm trying. There's a little delay sometimes, so I'm just trying to make sure nobody's asking questions, and uh, I haven't seen it yet. Let me. So yeah, maybe, so hopefully, you guys will have me back. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah, because this was All awesome. Right. You guys are great. If you yes. guys have any questions for our therapist, Alexis Thomas, please email us at rainbowtabletalk20 at gmail.com. You can hit us up at Rainbow Table Talk on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, and we will be coming to you every second and fourth Thursday. So email us some questions and we will make sure we reach out to her and ask them. And then uh, we will. Um, update on our next show at the beginning with those. So and um, also shameless plug. If you want to check me out, check out my website www.icctransform.com. I'm also on Facebook under Innovation Counseling Center with my business partner Angela Malone. She's amazing. Um, so yeah, good things are coming. So definitely reach out. I'm here to help. Oh, you better tell these people where they can get find you and get some yeah. help. Find me or in Talkspace. You can also find me on Talkspace. I'm just putting Alexis Thomas. I do virtual counseling on Talkspace. There's different um, platforms you can use, well, packages you can use, and um, you can find me there as well. And listen, she be working. I sometimes be like, Alexis, come hang out. She's like, I got yeah. to these clients. So she do a job, man. I've been trying. We're trying to help folks. Yeah. Save, save, save these lives. Save these lives. So, yes, we're definitely going to do a part two. Um, you heard where you can go find her. Please do it as an act of love for yourself. Get some right. therapy. There's nothing wrong with getting therapy. Get your mental, your emotional, physical. You heard her talk about it. Um, get all of that checked uh, so that you can be a better version of yourself. So, right. Happy, um, uh, healthy, and whole is just a, I, I feel like it's a big puzzle. Right. So it's just the beginning. Pieces it's a journey. to it. Mental health is one 
spirituality is another, you know, all these different things that we have that we can put together in order to be a happy, healthy and whole person. So, um, Alexis, we definitely want to thank you for coming on the show tonight and hanging out with us. Look, look we got to get off here because we'll, we will talk. So, uh, yeah, all night long. <laughs> and then be tired tomorrow. Talking about what y'all? Hey, I go work. I'm tired. <laughs> all right, man. I love y'all, and all I right. hope y'all have a wonderful evening. Bye, guys. Bye, Thank y'all. y'all so much. All right, see y'all. Peace. Bye, guys. Bye.